0: Listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and His Word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at EmbassyCity.com. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Matthew, chapter number seven. We're in a series entitled The Blessed Life. And uh, for the next several weeks, this month and next month, we are just going to be going through scripture. And learning how God wants us to live the blessed life. By definition, blessed life is not um, a life that uh, is to give to get. It's a life that happens through our heart that we get to give simply for the joy of giving. How many people were here last week? Uh, There was uh, such a freedom that came to so many. I've heard all these testimonies come in that chains literally felt like they were dropping off as you understood uh, that we're not supposed to be manipulated into giving, but literally we're supposed to be um, uh, spurred by the Holy Spirit uh, to give. And so I want to read you uh, something in Matthew and the parallel scripture in Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic gospels. They cover some of the same things. But I want you to to have a context to this so, so that you can have a greater understanding. In Matthew chapter number 7, verses 1 and 2, it says this. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Now, based on those two verses, pop quiz real quick, uh, what is verse 1 and 2 talking about? Judgment, there you go, right? It's not a trick, trick question. It's just judgment, right? It says it four times, okay? Do not judge others, you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged, okay? Now, here is the synoptic gospel of Luke, uh, uh, and I'm gonna read the 37th and 38th verse. The 37th verse says this. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. There it is again. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Again, we're talking about judgment. Now we're talking about forgiveness as well. Here's verse number 38 uh, in the same context as 37, uh, but you've probably heard it explained a different way. It's going to be a familiar scripture to you. Luke 6, 38. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured out into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. Anybody ever heard that scripture before? King James Version is much more eloquent and Shakespearean. Give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down and shaken together, run it over, shall men give into your bosom. But with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. It's offering time in the sanctuary. No, it's not. It's actually not offering time in the sanctuary because that verse is not talking about giving money. It's talking about giving forgiveness. There were like several heads that just exploded right there. The context is judgment. The context is forgiveness. So you can't read that verse knowing what was before it and read straight into that verse and think that all of a sudden Jesus forgot where he was in his sermon. You know what? You, you, look, if you judge, you're going to be judged. But if you forgive, then it's going to be a blessing. Forget about that real quick. Give some money, and, and, and and you'll receive some money. And let me tell you how you're going to receive this money. Press down, shaking together, running over. That's how you're going to get it back. Now here's what he's saying: If you judge people you'll be judged back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But if you forgive people, you'll be forgiven, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The title of this message, write it down, is It's All About the Heart. It's all about the heart. When you read this particular narrative in uh, Matthew chapter number 7 and Luke chapter number 6, the thing that you have to understand is that giving is a heart issue. Giving is a heart issue. As a matter of fact, the word forgive literally means to be in favor of giving. When you forgive somebody, you are in favor of giving. People that have a hard time forgiving actually have a hard time giving. The worst givers you've ever seen are mean givers. You don't find mean givers. Because they have an easy time forgiving others. People that have a hard time forgiving in their heart have a very hard time giving with their hand. There's a show that we used to watch called "Undercover Boss." Anybody ever heard of that show? It's a great show. There, there was one guy, though, I hated him um, He was a very wealthy man, owned some kind of resort, and uh, it it wasn't that he gave. He gave generously, but the way he gave, you could tell he had a heart issue. Uh, uh, He paid for, you know, he went undercover, and he finds out the stories of some of his employees, and one of the employees was trying to struggle to work uh, her way through college, and after he gives the reveal, he's, he's very smug, and he's like, yeah, you didn't know it was me, did you? Yeah, yeah, so I heard about, you know, you're trying to pay for college, and, you know, well, guess what? I'm going to pay for your entire college education. You can go ahead and cry now. (laughs) I'm not making it up. That's exactly what he said. When you have a mean heart, your giving is never from a place of generosity. It's from a place of manipulation and control. Generous givers are very happy but, but people that have a heart and heart, they give with strings attached. I'll give it to you, but whatever dollar amount I just issued out to you, that's all I see over your head every time I see you. I gave you $50, and guess what? $50 every time I see you. Seven months later, hey, good to see you, 50 I don't know if you're you going to get that back or that dude owes me $50. You, you, you ever ha- heard somebody that, that, that somebody owed money, they can't even say their name? They, they are now associated with the money that was given to him. Is that Sarah over there? No, that's $50. I'm going to need that back. What, what are we doing? It's something in our heart that needs to change. Let me give you this scripture before we get into the points. Deuteronomy chapter number 15, verses 7 and 8. But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns... When you arrive in the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted. I want you to really see this. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. There, There is an association between a hard heart and a tight fist. We're not talking about stewardship. We're talking about the way the heart responds to people in need. The way the heart responds to people that we need to show our generosity to. So here's the question I want you to write down before I give you the points. How do we give like God? That's the question we want to answer. How do we give like God? And I have four points to this message. The first two are things we have to deal with, and the last two are things that we have to develop, okay? So how do we give like God? Point number one, write this down, deal with a selfish heart. We have to deal with our selfish heart. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy 15 and 9. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone a loan because the year for canceling debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. Here's the thing that was uh, uh, incredible. Uh, God had an incredible and elaborate way to make sure that no one wound up So deprived and so depraved uh, uh, in Israel's society that he said, "This: uh, if someone uh, asks you for money, uh, uh, and it's in the sixth year, because every seven years, whatever debts you had would be canceled in the seventh years." Anybody want to go back to that right there? Somebody's like, "I hope this is the sixth year right now, and I hope it's the sixth year, the eleventh month, and the twenty-eighth day." In Jesus' name, erase my debt. Anybody still mad at the false prophecies of Y2K? 1999 came and you were like, supernatural debt cancellation in Jesus' name. New Year came in, I'm free. Then that bill came and was like, you're not. Our our systems were backed up. So we had a firewall. So here's what he says. I I don't want you to be mean-spirited. And and if you know, basically what he's saying is, if you know someone can't pay you back, give it to them anyway. Because this is an issue of your heart. We have to deal with our selfish nature because here's the thing. We we actually think the money is ours. That's the selfishness that we're brought into the world with, that we actually think it belongs to us. So there's two statements that I want you to write down first one is this. God invented giving for our sake, not for his sake. God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. Second statement I want you to write down. We were born getters. I love this one. We were born getters. Anybody beside me? I'm going to get mine. You better get yours. I used to have that mentality. We were born getters, but we're born again givers. When we give our life to Jesus Christ, we are born a give, we are born again to be givers. So point number one is we have to deal with our selfish hearts. Point number two, write this down. We have to deal with a grieving heart. Deuteronomy 15 and 10 says this give generously to the poor, not grudgingly. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Well, Tim, I have to deal with a selfish heart. How, how do I deal with a grieving heart? What do you mean my heart is grieving? It, it's, it's how you feel when you give it. I, anybody beside me ever gave someone was like, <laughs> Bye. I'm going to miss you. He says, I want you to give to the poor generously, and I don't want you to do it with a grudge. It's amazing to me uh, uh, how we have changed the narrative in our mind when it comes to how we give to the poor. Um, uh, Just about a month and a half ago, uh, I was able to go into downtown Dallas and give away uh, backpacks and and, um, uh, tents uh, to those that were in need because... uh, we had the three coldest days on record, and uh, the day that we went out to, to visit some of these homeless people, uh, uh, three people had died overnight. They had froze to death in Dallas. They froze to death overnight. So we're down there handing out uh, stuff, and I've actually heard people say uh, when, when giving stuff to homeless people, well, you know, I, I just want to know what they're going to do with it. I mean, I, I, mean, I can't give it. Because you know, a lot of hustlers down there, they be lying about stuff. And so I don't want to give it unless I know what they're going to do with it. Hey, you're not handing out an economic stimulus package that comes with a comprehensive brochure of how they can get back on their feet. It's $20. Let it go. I'm, I'm, I just want to know don't buy a six pack of beer with this. Let it go. All these stipulations, you better keep it. Well, I buy them food. That way I know that they're going to eat. If you have all those stipulations around giving, you probably have a lot of stipulations around for giving. I will forgive you, but you have to do this, 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 and this. So that I truly know that you're not going to do that again. I'll let you back in, but you are on punishment mentally and emotionally for two and a half months. Arbitrary number? I just feel like two and a half months is good. I'll feel better if I keep you in the doghouse for a little bit longer. Note to self, that's a heart issue. And if that's the way you feel for other people, that's probably how you feel in God's presence when you've had a bad week. I can't worship like I usually would because I did that thing that I did. And I know he forgives me, but i got to keep myself in the doghouse. Here we go for two and a half months. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. He's after your heart. So just give it. Without any stipulations, without being uh, uh, grieved about it, without worrying about it, just give it. Here's what it says in Luke, chapter number 6, verse uh, verse number 30. Give to anyone who asks. Uh Uh-oh. Lord Jesus, if we obey the Bible, we are dead meat. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. These letters are in red. It's white up there, but it's red in your Bible. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to only those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Can I stop right there? Do you know God loves the person you hate? You know, tell all your haters and non-celebrators. That God has a destiny on my life, and I, and, and I, I don't have to deal with my haters. I'm going to push past my haters into my destiny. That's fantastic, but do know that he loves those that you hate. Because, by the way, you used to be one of those. He says he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Man, I can't get past that. That's just God's grace. Is anybody glad beside me that when we were unthankful and wicked, he still decided to be a blessing to us? Wow. You must be compassionate just as your father is. Compassionate. Give to anyone that asks. You don't even have to like them. I'm telling you, God will start, if you really open up your heart to this, God will start testing you and challenging you in this area. You could have a coworker at work that you cannot stand. And God will say, you know the situation with their kids, and they have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 5-year-old, and I want you to buy them some clothes before they go back to school after spring break. And you're like, Holy Spirit, is that you? I just don't feel at peace. He wants you to love them he didn't say you had to like him I love Jesus he's at least he's real he said I want you to love your enemy he didn't say like I don't I don't like my enemies they don't they don't like me I don't particularly like people that don't like me but I'm commanded to love them and if God wants to get to them he has to use somebody to do it Oftentimes, he would love to use us, okay? So uh, I want you to take down this. I gave you uh, two. Have I given you three yet? Are you ready for three? Okay. Develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. Deuteronomy 15, verse 14. Give him a generous farewell. Let me let me give you a context to this. So uh, um, in Israel, during that day, they had uh, uh, slaves. Don't think about the way slavery was in this country. What, what, what they would do is they would take uh, uh, people that were below uh, the poverty line or impoverished, would would go to people that had wealth or means, and they would say, I will work for you for a certain amount of years. That way I can be sustained and I can have provision. I will work for you for a certain amount of years. Let me tell you how incredible Uh, uh, God's social justice system was set up even back then. Uh, They could only work for you for seven years, then they would have to be released. He says, you can't have them forever because if you have them forever, you might start looking at them differently and begin to abuse them and take advantage of them. I never want you to have that type type of power over someone else. So you can only have them work for you if you come into agreement for seven years. And here's how he says to treat them in the seventh year. Here's what the severance package looks like. Give him a generous farewell gift from your flock. Not vacation hours that they accrued. But that's all I mean, I mean, what else do I need to give them? He says, "I want you to give them something from your flock, animals, your threshing floor, wheat, and your wine press." Wine. I want you to give them sheep, cows, some bread, and some of that good wine you got. Share with him some of the bounty with which the Lord your God has blessed you. Do you hear the way that sentence is structured? Share with him some of the bounty with which the Lord. Your God has blessed you. Here's what God is saying. Will you please give that person some of the stuff I gave you? You do know you didn't give that to yourself. You do know your education didn't set you up this good. You do know that trade that you learned, that expertise that you have, if you're walking around thinking that your wealth is somehow a, 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 a manufacturing of your own energy and skill set, you have it wrong. We have a covenant together. And when you are in a covenant with me, things go well for you. And when I tell you to bless somebody, here is why I'm telling you to bless them, because there's more where that came from. I'm not telling you to give something With nothing in return. If you give, there is absolutely more where that came from, not from you, from me. Because I am your source. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider, not your overtime. Not the bonus at the end of the month or the quarter or the year. It's Him. And it works if you have just enough, and it works. If you have more than enough. It works if you are in the season of your life where you're generating the most income you've ever had in your life. And it works if you're retired and on a fixed income. He is your provision and he is your source. He has never left the righteous begging. He's never done it. He's never forsaken them. And he's never left them begging. So he says... Develop a generous heart. Point number four, write this down. Develop a grateful heart. Develop a grateful heart. This this verse is amazing. Deuteronomy 15, 15. Remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I am giving you this commandment. People that have generous hearts are usually people that don't have short memories. When you can remember where the Lord brought you from, it should be really, really easy. For you to give, I gave my life to Christ January 14th of 96, and um, I preached my first sermon five weeks later. I never wanted to be a preacher. A year and a half later, the Holy Spirit, the first time I heard the audible voice of the Lord, he said, I want you to buy a one way ticket to Dallas, Texas. And uh, my parents uh, and, and their church raised $400 for me and bought me a one-way Greyhound bus ticket and I packed three suitcases and took a -a two-and-a-half-day bus ride to Dallas, Texas. Once I got here, um, I only had that $400 in three suitcases. It it was really a struggle in the beginning uh, to get on my feet. Um, My best friend, Corey, uh, picked me up on Sundays to bring me to church Dropped me off back at home because I didn't have a car. Um, I met the girl of my dreams. When I met the girl of my dreams, I didn't have a job or a car. She was the one driving me on our dates. Um, I got a job uh, through a uh, subdivision. Uh, Gatorade was just putting out vending machines. And uh, back in those days, late 90s, if there, was a vending, if there was a Gatorade vending machine in the DFW Metroplex, I filled it. They had one employee for all of those vending machines. I was the one that filled it. And, uh, uh, but because it was through um, a middle company, they gave me a retired Dolly Madison truck to drive. So it was just confusing. There was cupcakes on the side of the truck. <laughs> but there was Gatorade. Piled high on the inside of it. And I disappointed a lot of kids. <laughs> I show up to school, and they'd be like, ah! where's the cakes? Just have aid. Um, that truck had no heat in the winter. Like the UPS truck. It had no A.C. in the summer. They didn't service it regularly. The brakes went bad. I wound up hitting somebody in the back on the street. It was rough. Got married to Juliet May 1st of 1999. And I didn't have a job for the first nine months that we were married. And we were givers. I remember what the Lord's done in my life. We gave when we didn't have anything to give. And now we give when we have stuff to give. If you can remember what the Lord has done in your life and where he's brought you from, whatever Red Sea experience he brought you through, when you get to the other side, you shouldn't have to be reminded to give. Uh, every Friday is our Sabbath day uh, at the Ross household. And so um, uh, uh, for my wife and my mother-in-law, what that means is we don't have any, uh, any of them cook. And so there was an app that was created just for me uh, called Uber Eats. Flesh and blood did not reveal (laughs) that technology to the creators. It was my father in heaven. (laughs) Here's the reason why I love Uber Eats so much. I don't have to get with my family and go, which restaurant do we all want to eat at? Because one person wants Thai food. My kids have food allergies, so it's gluten, it's milk, it's it's everything. They can only have meat and a potato, okay? (laughs) Okay. And an apple, that's it, okay? And then I am basically uh, uh, on a Whole30 uh, kind of paleo diet, and my wife is just a straight-up carnivore, right? She's like, forget your diet and your diet and your allergies, (gasps) right? She just eats everything. So what I love about Uber Eats is I can just pull up the app and go, you, go, bang, it's coming. You, what, Uh uh-huh, bang, it's coming. And what do you want? Got that twice, coming, right? Like, on Fridays, there's literally a flow of traffic within five minutes. We've literally had Uber drivers, like, stopping, like, oh, you back up. I'm trying to, well, I'm trying to, let me out. So you, it's fantastic. And people just come to the door and drop off delicious goodness to our door, and Jesus is glorified in those moments in my house. Because I'm on my Sabbath, and they are not. It's fantastic, Okay. There's another app that just came out. The Holy Spirit is just being really good for me in this season. And the app is called Favor. What I love about Favor, amen, sister. What I love about Favor is that Favor will literally do you a favor. So you don't have to just get food. They will go to the store and get you some almond milk and then call you back and say, we picked up the almond milk. Do you want anything else? Yes. I want something from Starbucks. I will gladly get that for you, too. Then I'd be like, you know what? I forgot to get a rake from Home Depot. Bang, (laughs) rake, Home Depot, coming to the house, gangster. I love it. Uber Eats and Favor have changed my life, okay? So there's this place called Insomnia Cookies. Bang, 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 bang. I just just feel a, a release of a cookie anointing in the house. Okay. Insomnia Cookies makes your cookies when you order them, and they deliver them warm in a pizza box. Jesus is in that box. No, he really is. I have a Bible for it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. A peanut butter cookie, then an oatmeal cookie with a glass of unsweetened almond milk, that's been sitting in the freezer for 22 minutes. Listen, God, you can glorify God under these conditions. So Nathan has been the gentleman on Fridays that when they ring the doorbell, he'll be the one to go up to get it, and he'll get, you know, he'll, he, I love him. He just owns it. He walks up to the door, opens it. They're like, are you Tim? He's like, Yep. Takes it, close the door. Well, I mean, he got a little swag on him. It's just wonderful. And so I'm sitting close by. So I'm sitting down with my legs crossed, watching TV. I can see everybody that's coming through the door when he's opening the door. And, and so I just kind of wave at people, whatever. So this guy, the, the favorite guy comes over, hands us the insomnia, hands the insomnia, insomnia cookies to Nathan. And I wave at him. He closed the door, and um uh I'm uh, all the alerts are still buzzing on the phone because not everybody's food is in. So I get a text message from the favorite guy that just dropped off the cookies, and all it says is, are you the Tim Ross? So I was going, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> like, how do you answer? I don't know if I'm – and then I'm a literalist. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a Tim Ross because I know where the Tim Ross is, and there's a comedian named Tim Ross in Australia, and I get confused. So I'm not the... – am I? I don't – I'm not sure if I can say I'm the so I just wrote back, I don't know. Like, because I didn't, what am I supposed to say? How do you, what do you say to that? This happened just Friday. I I don't know. And I put a happy face so it just wouldn't be like, you know, rude. You, you got to use emojis when you text. Because so much is lost in tone, you got to beef it up. So please use your emojis or your emojis. Take the time to do that. It just helps people not to know if you, like, you know, some people. Have you ever had somebody get salty at you out a text message? What you mean by that? You were like, I was giggling when I wrote. <laughs> you didn't know. You couldn't hear the no. I don't know. You got to put a face. You got to do it. Okay. So, so I just write back. I don't know with a happy face. And and he goes, um, well, if you are the Tim Ross that I'm thinking of, thank you, because you. Uh, has, have inspired me and blessed me with so many of your messages. I just thought, wow, that's so encouraging. Then he wrote this. Thank you for allowing me to do you this favor of bringing you these cookies today. That just blew my mind because he had to do it anyway. Like, he was at work. Like, that's what he was supposed to do. He's supposed to bring me the cookies. If my name was Billy, he would have to bring me the cookies. But the fact that he was blessed by that, I was like, oh, wow, that's, man, well, I'm going to bless him back. And so you, there's a little thing. you got to put the tip on there. And um, uh, so, so I think the f- flat tip was like $6. And then you can hit the little plus sign if you want to add, add more. So I started hitting the plus sign. I said, Holy Spirit, tell me when to stop. Exactly what I said. Holy Spirit, tell me when to stop. Tell me when to stop, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Dang, Holy Spirit. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> Eat some expensive cookies today. <laughs> Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Gotta call him by his King James names. Holy Ghost. No, for real, Holy Ghost. For real. For real. All right, you can stop. Press in. Press in. Now forget about it. Because there's more where, that's, where that came from. I didn't jump in the window. He going to come back. Oh, I know as he, soon as he see that tip. he going to come back. As soon as he get up here, I'm going to be like, I am that Tim Ross. That's arrogance. You're not doing it for the right reason. You're doing it for the reaction. That's not a blessing to them. That's a blessing for you. I blessed their socks off. Did you see it? What? No, no, no. I gave it, and I forgot about it. And I ate my delicious cookies. He had such a gratitude. For a measure, I don't even—I don't know what he heard. I don't know when he heard it. Anything, but God moved on my heart to be a blessing to him. Do you not understand that if you need a door open for you, someone has to be on the other side of the door to open it? Amen. That if you're believing God for a raise, God's got to move on somebody's heart. Yes. That if you need a financial breakthrough, there are not angels in heaven next to money bags ready to come usher in cryptocurrency to your account. Anytime God's going to be a blessing to people, he has to get blessed people to be a blessing. Now, I'm just telling you, I've been on the receiving end of needing a blessing. I really like being the blessing. And Jesus really likes it too. That's why he said it is far more better to give than it is to receive so I'm telling you, develop a generous heart. Develop a grateful heart. Let the selfishness go. Let the grieving and the grudges go. Forgive who you need to forgive. And allow him to open up your heart so that you can live. The blessed life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.